Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold, the weekend edition of the show odyssey's new vikings podcast jace frederick here joined not by dame mizutani he is somewhere in the deep woods taking advantage of his final non-nfl weekend good for him uh maybe you'd think like oh dane should probably join in for this but apparently it is like so far in the sticks that he didn't plan to have cell phone service internet anything we'll find out if he actually like made it out of there and made it back pretty much when we record the next episode um until then we're all kind of in limbo with no status on dane on how he's doing or anything uh but in Dane's place, massive upgrade. Chad Graff joining us today, uh, former Vikings beat reporter for The Athletic. Still at The Athletic, now just covering the Patriots back in his home New England area. Chad, thanks so much for joining us. We're looking forward to, to talking Vikings for 40 minutes or until whenever you, your baby decides that <laughs> it's it's time for you to return to dad duties. The the crying in the background will be like when they start playing somebody off at an award show and it's like, all right, that's the cue to wrap up. That, that'll be this cue. Um, hardly an upgrade. This feels a little bit like a Kellen Mond situation. Like we're bringing in this guy, really? What, what, what do people see in this guy? What, why do people keep having him around? But here we are, nonetheless. Uh, I'll be your Kellen Mond, your sidekick today. Which means you're going to have a brief tenure here, and then we're going to cut you. <laughs> exactly. This is this is my one showing. You can skip me for the meaningful ones like Green Bay. Don't just bring in somebody else. There's no need to even see me. You've seen me. That's right. We're going to trade for our Nick Mullins for the Green Bay episodes <laughs> for sure. Uh, just to give a cadence, this is the weekend episode, and then we're going to kind of get into our regular cadence of the regular season here with as we head into week one. So the traditional cadence for those listening, it's going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then just post-game. Um, so, you know, a few hours after the Green Bay game, you'll find our post-game reaction, and then Tuesdays, Thursdays every week. It'll be a little bit different for, like, week two, the Monday night game against Philadelphia. Um, we'll get a plan, plan in place for that, and you'll know about it. If you don't want to have to be remembering which day is looking for it, just subscribe or follow so all these podcasts show up right on your phone, right on your favorite podcast platform, um, just ready to roll as soon as they come out. So we suggest subscribing, following it. It helps you uh, make sure you catch everything. It helps our show as well. But now we're sitting here, we're a week out from the Green Bay game. Um, and I think Chad is a good person to have on today because, frankly, like as we look big picture on things, I want to get a voice in here, somebody who's followed the team who is not shackled by any restrictions of beat reporter here anymore. <laughs> like Chad has no lit, no, there's no connection to the Vikings any longer. Um, he followed the team. I think you covered it the last four seasons. Is that right? Four Chad? seasons. I, I got to join right after the fun parts of the 2017 season. Everything seemed high. I was like, God, I'm joining the team at a good time coming off the NFC championship. This Kirk cousins guy, look at these numbers. He must be incredible. This is the perfect time to join the team. Uh, and then 2018 happened. So, you know, fun. You, Chad, got to cover two playoff games, one playoff win, and that's it. Uh, game? A whole lot of turmoil other than that, frankly. Uh, so good to have Chad on. Chad, 
was literally covering the team right up until the beginning of training camp here. So still very much uh, has the winds of what was going on in Vikings camp. And frankly, this was a quiet camp anyway. So I think everything that you were covering and thought leading up to like August still stands pretty well here today. But first off, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to do some role playing. And I think this is super important to get into this topic. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be Patriots offensive guru, Matt Patricia. <laughs> You're going to be athletic Patriots beat reporter, Chad Graff. Can you do that? I think I can fill that role. Yes. Okay. So here's the scenario. You're going to be sitting in the media room at the Patriots. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the setup is, but you're going to be working. Dungeony, dark, not great. Just painting okay. a visual here. Perfect. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, a little bit opposite of, of what they have at the Vikings practice facility. Uh, and then I'm going to be Matt Patricia, who makes an unexpected appearance in the media room, which I'm sure he does many times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For okay. sure. So I walk up to you. And you're probably a little bit startled here, but I just come up and, and here we go. Hey, uh, I've seen you in some scrums. Uh, you know, I've done, we've done some interviews. You've asked, you've asked me some questions. I, I just wanted to introduce myself, formally start this relationship. I'm a Patriots offensive mastermind, Matt Patricia. <laughs> oh, Matt, um, it's so good to meet you, first of all. Um, wow, this, this must be a crazy few months for you. What's it been like, you know, hopping over to the offensive side of the ball? Uh, well, you're not even going to stand up and shake my hand for this. Okay. Oh, sorry, uh, could sorry, you, sorry, could sorry. you, could you at least sit up straight for this conversation? I, I'm so sorry. I I'm thrown off because you don't have a pencil in your ear and I don't know what to do with it without you having a pencil up your ear. Okay. Um, well, look, anyway, the offensive transition, as you can see, it's going awesome. Um, <laughs> as you've written about on multiple occasions and frankly, like wanted to come up to you because, you know, we obviously read all of your stuff here mm -hmm. on our staff. Coach Belichick thinks it's super insightful. He actually uses <laughs> your analysis as part of our decision-making process because, mm -hmm. you know, we we personally all think that the media isn't credited enough for their breadth of knowledge of football. But I, I understand you've worked in Minnesota for the last four years before this, and I trust you as maybe more so than anyone else. I wanted to get your thoughts on Kirk Cousins. Um, I, every time I look over there, the the numbers, the stats are good, and the win total is not. Um, what do you think that discrepancy is all about? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, Matt, you know um, what it looks like when he's good because he's very good against your Detroit Lions. I don't know what <laughs> in the world you were doing on defense in those games, but, man, did he light you up. Um, my thoughts on Kirk Cousins, Mr. Patricia, uh, mm -hmm. are that he can be good in the right situations with the right weapons if you make his reads very obvious. He is robotic to a fault in terms of it'll be third and 13, as we have outlined before. And he is comfortable showing the four, throwing the four yard check route. If that is where his reads have taken him. So I think if you are Kevin O'Connell, which you're not Mr. Patricia, um, far superior offensive mind over here. Correct. Yeah, of course. Of course. As you try to deploy this Sean McVay scheme that you have never seen, uh, or coached, but I think it, you almost have to have plays that don't even give him the choice of taking the safe play or giving him reads that don't get you the first down in those kind of got to have it situations. If you do that, he is above average in his accuracy. His arm strength, I think does surprise some people. He doesn't have a weak arm. He's got, a little more athleticism than perhaps he gets credit for. He's got a lot of the pieces. You just have to somehow find a way to deprogram him and 
you know, if you can reboot the system and somehow, you know, it's like if you bought um, an old MacBook on Craigslist or something and you can see like, boy, it's still got the gigabytes, the hardware is there. Like there's a chance that we can turn this into something, but it's just got this virus that every time, you know, I try to make a meaningful document or send a meaningful email, it just checks down and goes right to my draft. I need to reboot this. If you can reboot that, then I think you could be working with something special. It's just that every coach has thought they could reboot that system. And uh, so far, none have been able to. Okay. Breaking out of the, the situation here. I'm going back to being Jace, but you can continue <laughs> being Chad. Um, what do you think the probability of that reboot is? Because I do think that a lot of us maybe view this as a last stand, right? Like Kevin O'Connell has had success with Jared Goff in 2020. Um, even with like the hurt thumb and then Matt Stafford, obviously last year winning the Super Bowl. It feels like if this doesn't work, it won't work. What do you think the possibility is now having seen Kirk with a bunch of different offensive coordinators for the last four years? Is it there or is this kind of just a fool's errand that people keep trying to like push the rock up the hill like Sisyphus and it's just not going to happen? This is actually where I'm super conflicted because I was very, very impressed by Kevin O'Connell Granted, in limited interactions, and it's right. easy to be impressed by a coach before they've actually coached a game or, more importantly, have lost a game and see how they respond to that and react to that. But he is a super, super bright guy. Um, this is not just somebody who I think rode the coattails of Sean McVay and got a job because he was around Sean McVay. Did those things help? Yes. Did winning a Super Bowl help? Absolutely. But he is super impressive in breaking down film explaining why they're doing things. Every play that they run has a reason. And he's also in tune to a lot of the things that Mike Zimmer just wasn't. Like if, if he does very basic things, like not run the ball in second and 13, the offense is just going to get better. It, it has to because you're not putting yourself in third and long situations as frequently. Um, so I have a lot of faith in Kevin O'Connell. And yet every time I think, yeah, this guy could do it. I think back to the fact that Jay Gruden couldn't do it. Kyle Shanahan couldn't do it. Um, John DeFilippo couldn't do it. Gary Kubiak couldn't do it. Like he's been, for, for all the talk, which is valid, of how many offensive coordinators he's had, and that stinks, he's been around sneaky, some really damn good offensive coordinators. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches. Kevin Stefanski, turning out to be, I think, a pretty good head coach. Right. Um, maybe some questionable decisions along the way, but a pretty darn good coach. Gary Kubiak, one of the best offensive coaches of the last couple of decades. He's been around good coaches and none of them have been able to reboot that system, so to speak. So as high as I am on Kevin O'Connell, I think some things are just ingrained by the time you're a 34 year old quarterback, a decade in the league. Like if it hasn't happened by now, I just have a hard time thinking it's suddenly going to flip. Okay, I'll make a New England connection here because I might have been the biggest like Mac Jones draft supporter ever. Um, and you now have seen him at least for a training camp here. And I did see like in your most recent mailbag um, on the athletic site, Vikings fans can go read that. There was a specific question about like Kirk versus Mac and the comparison there. So I guess if you could rehash that for us, maybe the comparison you've seen between the two. And then frankly, like I think I got a lot of blowback when I tweeted, like, I thought the Vikings should have taken Mac Jones in that draft. Everybody thought, well, no, we've seen what that looks like with Kirk Cousins. We've seen it's the same ceiling. Do you agree with that? Not only are they the same type of quarterback, but then do you think, like, they have the same ceiling or is one's maybe higher than the other? So this is 
I, I think you can get a little bit into talk radio talk here yeah. with the points that I'm about to make, but I truly, truly think that they're valid and think that if you ask coaches around the league, this stuff does matter. Um, as far as traits, they're similar. Mac Jones is a little bit more athletic, but same type of passer accuracy more than like Josh Allen, crazy arm strength processes. Well, goes through his reads. Well, all of that is similar. I think this is the part that you kind of have to talk about carefully, but does matter, which is Mac Jones is as far as I can tell from limited interaction and being around him, the guys really like him. They like being around him. They like playing for him. He's in the locker room the whole time that it's open chumming it up with the wide receivers, going over things after plays is the wide receivers are coming back to him asking what they thought on different things. He's um, hosting workouts that they're all attending, which uh, is a little bit rare. And I think when you watch the games, like that stuff does show up in meaningful moments. Um, so I think that there's a difference personality wise, where I think Mac Jones has an edge over Kirk Cousins in terms of you know, he's not Tom Brady in how everybody is dying to play for him or willing sure. to give up everything to get the most out of it. Like he's also in year two. You know? He's also in year two. <laughs> but like that is the absolute scene, the best we've seen of Tom Brady being able to make other guys better. He has a he has more of that than Kirk Cousins does. And I think that is meaningful in big time situations late in games. And I think in part because of that, his ceiling is probably higher than Kirk Cousins. Like I think Kirk Cousins' ceiling is being the maybe eighth best quarterback, more likely like ninth, tenth best quarterback in the NFL. Mac Jones isn't going to be a top three quarterback. Like he's not Herbert Allen Mahomes, but I think he can be a seventh best quarterback in the NFL. And you can get to the Super Bowl with the seventh best quarterback in the NFL. Um, I don't think that you're going to win a Super Bowl with the 11th best quarterback in the NFL. Can it be done? For sure. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was one good throw away from winning a Super Bowl. Um, so it's possible, but I, I do think Mac Jones' ceiling is a little bit higher than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you brought up leadership because we talk about this and I the quarterback position and the importance of it. Dane and I have discussed it a little bit. Uh, I don't think it gets brought up enough almost because it's not quantifiable uh, because you can't look at a box score and see it. And, and frankly, like you can see it in big moments on Sundays, but not for large chunks of the game. People just want to look at the throws. I do think for the quarterback position, it is a huge piece of the equation. Um, and I think that's where Kirk Cousins lacks the most. And that's where the conversation gets a little bit tricky because it's hard to say like, well, he's not a good enough leader. And it's like, well, how do you explain that? Um, and it's just kind of something when you're around, you can tell. Um, and you can obviously see it now here through a couple of weeks of Mac Jones. And I think we've seen that it's missing in Minnesota and in certain ways. It's not that everybody doesn't like Kirk. It's just that he doesn't maybe inspire everybody in the same way or they don't rally around him. Last one uh, before we'll take a quick break here. Your final thought. Can you win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Because I would argue you mentioned even the Jimmy thing like, Jimmy is a guy who everybody rallies around. I mean, his teammates loved him. So I thought maybe that helped push that team a little bit. With Kirk, though, with the combination of what he's good at and what he lacks, can you win a Super Bowl with him? Oh, I I think you can win a Super Bowl with him. However, I think 
basically everything else has to go perfect. Your offensive line has to play as a top 10 unit. You have to have Justin Jefferson and an incredible receiver duo. You have to have a very good coach. And importantly, and this is, I think, where the Vikings are lacking, you have to have probably a top five defense, maybe even higher. If you have all of those things, yes, you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Now, of course, that's where you have to bring up the cap number because it is incredibly difficult to build all of those things that we just mentioned, the top three, top five defense, the great offensive line, the great wide receivers, the good coach. It's hard to have all of that while also allocating more than 10% of your salary cap just to Kirk Cousins. So I think you can do it, but the way things are structured right now, I just think it's really difficult to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. um, And I think you could argue in your first season covering the excuse me, covering the team in 2018, they had a lot of those things and they missed the playoffs, um, which maybe was a eye opener, I think, for a lot of people now who question things about Kirk. Uh, but what you just mentioned now with the way things are currently structured, it it does seem like an uphill climb, which is a good break into our next segment where we'll talk about maybe the approach the team took this offseason and what that maybe will lead to here as we head into um, the 2022 regular season.